the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. There are certain things that we cannot compromise at all. They're non-negotiable truths of the gospel. And we are to make sure that there are never conflicts, though, that arise because we fail to use our heads in the way that we act and speak amongst non-Christians. There are bound to be conflicts over the gospel, but make sure, Jesus is saying, that you're wise and don't incite unnecessarily the wrath of unbelievers over non-important issues. If you are a Christ follower, you probably already know that when you witness to friends and family, and especially family, they will try to trip you up by starting an argument over politics, marriage, ethics, or any other hot-button topic they can find to divert the conversation away from their need for salvation. Don't let them do that. People were always trying that sort of tactic with Jesus, and it's wonderful to read in the Gospels how he always turned the conversation back to what was really important. Jesus did not argue about secondary issues, but when it came to things of eternal importance, he was adamant. We can learn a lot from his example, and we will have a chance to do just that today on Verse by Verse. Welcome. I'm Peter Silseth, and it's my privilege to introduce you to Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. He's the pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For over 26 years, Pastor Steve has been delivering practical, verse-by-verse messages at Lakeside. Now, we at Verse-by-Verse Ministries are making these messages available to the listeners of this great radio station. Over the next few days, we will be looking at Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 23. Today's class is the start of a three-part message, which is itself part of a series of messages on the subject. We will be considering the kinds of people who oppose the gospel and how they oppose it. We will deal with why the gospel and those who share it face opposition, and I hope we will learn how to handle that opposition in a God-honoring way. Now, let's get ready for class. Here is Pastor Steve. Menno Kalisher, one of our missionaries in Israel, as many of you know, pastors a church in Jerusalem and is known in his community as a committed believer in Jesus Christ. As a result of his zeal for Christ among thousands of Jewish unbelievers, Menno is often the target of their persecution. And the latest episode of persecution is one of the things that he wrote about in this recent email. Here's what he had to say, and I quote, Last Monday at 1 a.m., my neighbor phoned and asked me to quickly come to the entrance of our apartment building. The neighbor was very upset and surprised, and he said, Some young man from Yad La'achem, an anti-missionary organization who persecutes and fights believers in Israel, filled up all the neighborhood mailboxes with tracks showing your face 
and warns us that you're a very dangerous missionary. He asked me if I wanted to join him in running after them and calling the police to stop them. This neighbor knows us for a long time, and like most of the neighbors, he knows that Yad La'achem is a fanatic group that ignores the law and does as they please. I told him with a big joyful smile that they made my day. He said, now I can sleep like a baby. I explained to him that for a believer, such treatment is an extreme blessing. You should have seen his face. He said, well, if you're so happy with the situation, I can also go to sleep. He also said that he must meet with me and know all about my faith. And then Menno adds, praise the Lord. In the morning, we saw that the anti-missionary group did not deal only with the mailboxes, but also covered the trash bins and the electric poles. He writes, at least they used my picture wearing a tie. It was one of my best pictures. And uh, so I thought, you know, everybody wants to be a Jewish comedian. And uh, that's a minnow. So shortly after, he writes, we received a few phone calls from some neighbors who said that they love us and feel very ashamed that acts like this happen in Israel. Though I'm amused with this event, I cannot say the same for some of my children. It's not easy for them to go outside and see the posters hanging on every pole and trash bin. At their ages, they are more affected by the reactions of their friends. You know, when I read about Menno's experience, this recent episode of persecution, I was immediately reminded of the passage of Scripture that we've been studying, and that's Matthew chapter 10. I'd like you to turn there, Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 23. Because it's in this passage that Jesus warns us as his followers that we would all face from time to time persecution sometimes more intensely than others. And though the particular forms of persecution will vary, sometimes they come in the form of physical violence, sometimes they come in the form of verbal abuse, opposition to the gospel is what every one of us can expect as we follow Christ. Here's specifically what Jesus had to say about what we can expect as we take the gospel into the world. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 10, starting at verse 16. The Lord says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you'll even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say, for it is not you who speak. But it's the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You'll be hated by all because of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. Now, as we've already noted in our previous studies on Matthew 10, this is not our first, we've been studying this for several weeks now. These words given by Jesus were given just prior to sending the apostles, the newly formed apostles, out on their first missionary journey into the area of Galilee. That was their inaugural first missionary uh, action. They were sent out to the Jewish people in the northern region of Israel called Galilee. And that's why the first few verses of this chapter focus specifically on that mission's trip. 
Just for the apostles, Jesus told them where they were to go, not to the Samaritans, not to the Gentiles, just to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, uh, whom they were to speak to, Jewish people, as we said, where they went, Galilee, uh, what they were to say, speak of the king and his kingdom, how they were to authenticate themselves as Christ's true representatives by their miracles. And, and so the first section of this chapter, right up to verse 15, is exclusively about this, the apostles' missionary short-term, brief missionary work in Galilee. However, beginning with verse 16, the verse that we started looking at today, Jesus now broadens his instructions about missions and evangelism to go beyond the apostles. It includes the apostles, but it also includes all believers of all ages. In other words, from verse 16 on, the instructions given by Jesus are intended to give us a glimpse of what every Christian from the days of the apostles until the second coming of Christ can expect as we take the gospel into the world. Now, clearly, this is the intent of these verses because Jesus told us, told the apostles some things about what they can anticipate, but those things were not experienced by the apostles on this short-term missions trip. For example, in verse 17, he talks about you're going to be brought before religious councils and publicly whipped, but that didn't happen to the apostles on their first missionary journey. That happened later, but not then. In verse 18, he speaks about being brought before Gentile governors and kings, but that didn't happen during their missionary ministry in Galilee. It did happen later, and none of the apostles ever lived to see Christ return, yet Jesus speaks of witnessing for him until he returns. He speaks of that in verse 23. So it's obvious. It's obvious that these verses are designed to go beyond the lifetime of the apostles and apply to every believer of every generation. Because the Lord wants us to understand what we can expect as we go out with the gospel. And what we can expect is persecution, opposition. In fact, that is the primary central message of these verses. The entire passage is centered around this one theme of opposition to the gospel. And I want to show you how this is structured so you can see it unfold. Because it's my firm conviction that when somebody teaches and somebody preaches, if you can follow the line of reasoning, you will enhance your learning. And you can see this easily, how this logically unfolds. Notice the way verse 16 reads. It says this, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, in this verse, Jesus gives us a very broad and a general, it is a general statement about danger that awaits us as we confront the world with the gospel. And he does this by comparing us to weak, defenseless sheep who are being thrust out by him amongst unbelievers who are compared to powerful wolves ready to pounce on us, ready to attack us. And they're dangerous. And it's because they are dangerous that Jesus commands us to be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves as we move amongst the wolves of this world. Now, this is a very general uh, warning 
to us. And as we discovered last time, the, the expression be shrewd as a serpent means that we are to have sanctified minds. We are to have common sense, sanctified wisdom in the way we conduct ourselves amongst unbelievers. That is to say, we are to be careful. A, uh, a serpent, a snake is known for its cunningness, its carefulness, its craftiness to avoid danger. And that's what he's talking about here. Be careful. Use discernment in your dealings with unbelievers so that, and watch this, so that we avoid any unnecessary conflicts with them. And the key word there is unnecessary. You see, there are bound to be conflicts that we can't avoid because of the gospel, right? There are certain non-negotiable truths of the gospel. Salvation by grace, the deity of Christ, uh, man's inability and, and sinfulness, inability to save himself, and, and, and justification by faith, the necessity of repentance. There are certain things that we cannot compromise at all. They're non-negotiable truths of the gospel. And we are to make sure that there are never conflicts, though, that arise because we fail to use our heads in the way that we act and speak amongst non-Christians. There are bound to be conflicts over the gospel, but make sure, Jesus is saying, that you're wise and don't incite unnecessarily the wrath of unbelievers over non-important issues. The Lord is, is simply instructing us to make sure we, we don't walk in a foolish way so that we get people all upset over things that aren't even that important. And I thought about how can I illustrate this? And I don't know if this is the best illustration, but it's the best one I can come up with. Um, I, I have certain unsaved family members who uh, want to get me into arguments over politics and decisions by our, our president. And they try real hard to do this. And uh, they try to push my, my buttons. And I, and I really desperately try not to go there. And it's not because I don't have strong feelings about certain issues. And it's not because I uh, don't like a good debate. But it's because I don't want to have conflicts over, over issues like that that's really not important. I don't want to have conflicts over non-eternal issues that, that somewhere down the line would hinder my witness for Christ and obscure the eternal matters that really do count. And so I probably kind of look wimpy to them, but I do tend to, to back off on those things. And I think there's a, as we looked at this last time, there's a biblical precedent on this. Remember when the Pharisees tried to draw Jesus into saying some inflammatory remarks against the Roman government when they, when they asked him about paying taxes to Caesar. They didn't care about taxes. They wanted the Lord to either denounce Rome, and that way he would, he would get the wrath of the government officials, or, or else say, yeah, everybody should wonderfully pay their taxes. They're a great place. You know, they, they pave roads and things like that. And, and in that way, he would incite the wrath of the Jewish people. In either case, they tried to draw him into an inflammatory argument about a political issue. And remember how Jesus responded very wisely. He said, Give Caesar what belongs to him and give God what belongs to him. He would not speak out against the government. He would not speak out in support of the government. And I think that that maybe helps you to understand what being wise as a serpent involves. As we move amongst the unsaved, make sure that, that you don't say or do anything that might obscure and hinder your witness for Christ. Uh, there are many times now when my unsaved family members uh, will say inflammatory things that... Uh, 
that could push my buttons. Well, I'll say something like, you know what? My hope is not in this president. My hope is not in, in this president. My, my hope is in Christ. And I think that we ought to make sure that we just don't have to feel obligated to always lecture people on our, our opinions on things. Listen, if we're going to have conflicts with unbelievers and receive their, their wrath, the brunt of their anger, then let it be over Christ. Let it be over those truths of the gospel, not our, our opinions, our personal views on the affairs of this world. As right as you might be, that's not the gospel. Because if we are faithful to Christ and his word, then I can assure you there will be conflicts and attacks from the wolves of this world that you just can't avoid. You just can't avoid that. And that's why Jesus went on, in addition to telling us to be shrewd as serpents, he said, but also be innocent as doves. Now, what does he mean by that? The innocence of a dove speaks of purity, something that is untainted. That's the word here, untainted and unmixed with sin. Uh, it's often used in the Bible of pure metal. And so what our Lord means by this is that our lives are to be so pure and so godly that we don't compromise the truth of God's word, either in the way that we live or the way that we teach. Now, why, why is this important? Because our Lord is giving us a perfect balance to be as shrewd as serpents. He's telling us that as we move amongst the dangerous wolves of this world, we are to be so serpent-like in our wisdom that we don't incite unnecessary conflicts with them. However, we are also to make sure that we behave with such purity and godly integrity that we never compromise God's word in order, watch this, to avoid necessary conflicts. Don't incite unnecessary conflicts because you're acting foolish, but don't avoid them because you are compromising the word of God either in what you teach or in how you behave. This is the perfect balance. Don't dilute the message of the cross so that you don't offend anybody or, or don't compromise by living such a sin-tainted life that you make unbelievers feel so comfortable uh, around you that they never, there's never anything to persecute you for. That's what our Lord is saying. It is the magnificent divine balance that our Lord gives us. But it is a general statement. And that's all it is in verse 16. However, starting with verse 17, the Lord gets very specific. He's told us in verse 16, there are wolves out there. There are, you're going to be persecuted by certain people. And starting with verse 17, going all the way to verse 23, Jesus begins to, to name and identify the particular types of wolves that we will encounter in terms of opposition to the gospel. There are four of them. There are actually four areas of life where the Lord says you can expect persecution and opposition to the gospel message. Now, in our last study several weeks ago, we only had time to look at the first area of opposition, which was religious opposition. Very interesting. Religious opposition to the gospel. Verse 17 says this, But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And I don't think it's necessary for me to, to re-preach this verse again for us to restudy it. However, I do want to remind you that in making this statement, the Lord is warning us to expect, you can count on it, persecution will arise, not simply from men in general, but from men and women, really, who have a religious orientation. When he says beware of, of men, he means beware of people who are fervent in their religious beliefs. Fervent. 
And although in this context, historically, Jesus is specifically referring to the persecution that the apostles and the, and the early believers would have from Jewish religious authorities, the timeless principle is that we can all expect persecution to arise from those who feel most passionate about their religious beliefs. Now, why is that? Why would religious people have such hostility towards the gospel? It's very simple. Because the gospel, with its emphasis on God's grace and mercy, is an affront to those who think they're good enough to merit God's favor by following man-made rules and traditions. It wounds their pride, folks. It, It offends them. You see, the cross of Christ offends man's exalted view of himself, because the cross reveals some very painful truths about us. We are not decent people. We are not good people. We are not people who are good outweighs some things we might have forgotten to do. The, the cross reveals that we're wicked sinners. We deserve the full wrath of God, which is what Jesus took. We deserve God's fury and, and anger poured out upon us. The cross tells us that we are rebellious creatures who deserve God's eternal judgment forever and ever and ever. And it is the cross of Christ that tells us that salvation only comes not by anything we do, but only by God's sovereign divine intervention, not human effort. And you know, all of that offends people because religion says just the opposite. But it's this very message of God's sovereign grace that destroys all human boasting and it wounds self-righteous pride. And when man's pride is, is wounded, he tends to attack those who tell him the truth about himself. He wants to silence that message. He doesn't like that message. That's precisely why the Pharisees, though, though so fastidious in their religious observances, hated Christ because he told them the truth about themselves. And he exposed them for, their, for, for the pious phonies that they were. They were not righteous men. In Matthew 23, on your own, you ought to read that. Jesus just blasted the Pharisees for being clean on the outside, but wicked on the inside. And I'm not sure they were always so clean on the outside, but that's what they wanted to come across as. And the way the Pharisees reacted to Christ is really the same type of reaction that we can expect from religious people, whether they be fanatic Muslims or devout Catholics or those caught in the traditions of Greek and Eastern Orthodoxy or, or those who are liberal Protestants or observant Jews. They're all opposed to the gospel. And we ought to understand that because their religious faith, regardless of what name that it, it comes under, leads them to resist the message of grace and mercy. That message says you're not good. That message says God is holy. That message says you'll never attain salvation by your own good works. Listen, that's why Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the word of the cross is what? It's foolishness to those who are perishing. The world looks at the message we bring and says, that's absurd. That's silly. That one man would die, and if we believe in him, we would have eternal life. That's, that's nonsense. Paul said, I know that's what it looks like. That's God's plan. That's the message of grace and mercy. And this, I think, may help to explain why some of us have received the strongest opposition to our faith from, from those within our own families, religious family members and, and relatives who oppose us. You may be a new believer in Christ and wondering, why am I getting such opposition? I thought this was a good thing. It is good. It is right. But understand where they're coming from. They are offended by the message of grace and their religion is 
or the gospel, I should say, is diametrically opposed to the message of human effort. The religion is opposed to the message of grace, and it offends those who pride themselves on being good, decent, upright people. So understand that. That is the essential difference between Christianity and every religion ever devised. I don't know how many people have tried to tell me that one religion is as good as another. I would counter that to say that one religion is as worthless as another. Every religion in history is about human attainment. Getting to heaven, becoming enlightened, and so on are all human efforts. Only authentic Christianity has God reaching out to the human race rather than the human race reaching out to God. It was wonderful to have you here with us today for another Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is leading us in a series of Bible lessons from Matthew chapter 10 about opposition to the gospel. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We at Verse by Verse Ministries adapt his practical messages to radio format. We are a faith ministry made possible by the prayers and gifts of people who are first faithful to their own local churches. If you would like to hear the entire message from which today's broadcast was taken, please call us at 727 441 1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours so that you can order a CD or a cassette. That number again is 727 441 1714. If you would like to listen again to today's lesson, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download the file for later. If you would like to go back and catch earlier programs, you can find them on the archives page. That's versebyverseradio.org. We have been talking about religious people as one source of opposition to the gospel, but they're not the only source. Please join us for the next Verse by Verse. We will. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.